You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Half hour. Welcome to Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, the theater and pop music podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And today's special guest is pop singer Bradley Kim. Just to give our listeners more details on who you are, Bradley. Bradley is a singer-songwriter from Seattle, Washington. Bradley just released his new EP, Starting Over. And a fun fact about Bradley is he discovered his passion for music in his late teenage years from a creative promposal. Yay! Welcome, Bradley, to <laughs> Half Hour Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yay! Um, so this feels like a great first question to start us off with. Bradley, if you could just let us know a little bit more about yourself, who you are, and how you got started in the music industry from this promposal. I kind of want to hear about that. And then becoming a singer-songwriter. So let's hear a little bit about you. Yeah. So I grew up an athlete. I played like every sport imaginable. Um, and basically my entire entire childhood was geared towards playing college football or, or any college sport, really. Mm. So I ended up playing college football. But um, when I was in high school, I was running track with my friend, Kristen, who wanted me to go to prom with her. I was a junior. She's a senior. And, you know, it's always guys ask girls, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny, obviously, because everybody <laughs> knows I'm gay. Um, <laughs> um, so she wanted me to ask her to prom. And so she did uh, vocal jazz. She played the piano. She did a lot of different things involved in music. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, what's a creative way I could ask her? And so I picked up our family, Ook. I taught myself to play ukulele. And I sang her Count on Me by Bruno Mars. I was mm. god awful, <laughs> but I just, I loved the process so much of just learning how to play an instrument and singing and whatever. So I created this little, this little Instagram account where I posted covers all the time and I have since deleted it because it was all garbage, but. Oh, uh, oh no, now we can't they, come and check it out. <laughs> it's the, the video of the proposal still on my Twitter. Okay. okay so okay. if you dig deep, you can actually find it. So, okay. Yeah. But, uh, that, that basically, uh, launched my passion for music. And so I met one of my best friends when I went to college. Uh, we used to sing in the stairwell all the time. We would start writing songs together. And then my junior, I think in between my sophomore and junior year over the summer, uh, we wrote our first song together that we actually produced and released on Spotify in 2019. And so since then, ever since I released that song, um, I started taking music more and more seriously until I got a few cool shows and got to open for some pretty cool people. And since then, I kind of have decided this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I love wow. that. That's amazing. So, so going back to it a little bit, you 
started playing this instrument when you were a senior in high school for this promposal. Yeah, I had not done anything musically at all before that. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> that is very cool. Where did you go to college? And did they uh, have like a music department when you were there or you were just doing it for fun? Uh, I just did it for fun. So I went to the Air Force Academy in Colorado oh, Springs. Wow. So a military academy where I played football and I uh, spent every single living second that I wasn't doing military academic or football stuff just singing in the stairwell with my friend Caleb. Mm, that's oh, cool. I love that. Which sounds super nerdy, but you know. No, no. <laughs> now when you have a passion for something, that's like the way you got to do it, right? Absolutely. Um, what... What is it like being a new artist right now in the industry? And how do you feel like the process is going for you? I think it's a mixed bag for sure. Um, it's definitely exciting having all of these platforms like TikTok, Instagram, mm -hmm. um, because really any day, any one video, any one song could blow up and it could change your life forever. So it's cool to know that. But at the same time, when there are so many different people doing all of this stuff, and so many more things that you're supposed to be doing. And as mm -hmm. an independent artist who doesn't have like this huge team at, at my disposable, at my disposal, um, it can be a little overwhelming to right. both write music, um, find shows, like schedule all of that stuff, make content, handle my own publishing, handle mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, you name it. So it can be a little overwhelming, but it definitely is exciting in this day and age, especially as a gay artist, because, um, I love that these DSPs are finally creating like gay playlists and pride playlists and stuff like that. And they're showing a bunch of love to the LGBTQ community. Um, and it's, it's definitely, my music has taken definitely a weird turn, not turn, but, uh, I started off writing, just not really caring about what I was writing about. And now I'm definitely geared towards being, I'm very gay. I'm going to say he, him, his boy on all of my songs intentionally now, because I didn't have that growing up. So I, uh, I love that you're bringing this up because I've actually had a few conversations with some artists from TikTok that are kind of all struggling with the same thing and saying like, where do LGBTQ plus artists fit in the pop music industry? Because sometimes when we look at these playlists, it's like, oh, they're just pop icons that are putting that are getting like programmed or curated into the playlist. And yeah. how do we get more queer artists actually in these playlists that are for us right so absolutely and just so you know we're both gay too so i'm sure you assume that but i'm sure just, just so never. everyone knows that's out of the bag but, you know. <laughs> um, but, but we yeah. do talk about that sometimes because where is that space for these artists you know and how do you feel like do you feel like the DSPs are working with you at all in terms of getting curated there? Or do you feel like it's more like micro influencers putting you into the playlist? Um, it's hard to say, like I haven't been in any of those curated playlists. So, mm -hmm. um, from my personal experience, I haven't seen the fruits of the labor of that people have put forth before. Right. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to speak on that, but I, I would say, to the latter half of your question that that could be a thing, the micro influencers. Yeah, totally. For sure. Uh, and, and speaking of your music, we listened to starting over your new EP. We really love the songs. Mm -hmm. Um, our, we have personal favorites. Mine is like you did acoustic. Okay. I love okay. that. I do. I love that. Cause I'm, I, I love that. Just like, vocal and guitar and i i really listen for i come from a theater background so i'm always really listening for like tone and like just like 
the vocal. I'm just so it, mm-hmm. it's just when it's just the vocal and the guitar. I love. I just and I love the lyric. I just that was a really Thank nice so way to much. end it too. Yeah. And um, Jack's okay. favorite is Apartment Four One Four. That is a fan favorite. That is my that is my favorite. I, I actually put that in the podcast. I saw that. I saw that on your TikTok. <laughs> I yeah. did put that in our TikTok, and I said I like this. This yeah. is fun. Uh, the question we have is: Do you feel like fans are resonating with this music and this EP in particular? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, I make very sad music. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> it's okay. So this okay. was no this was no surprise to anybody, but this was very existential. This was very personal to me, and I think mm-hmm. that's something that I haven't done before. Um, I've obviously here and there written a few songs that are a little more personal to me, but this entire EP was just literally about my. It was originally about a breakup, and then it turned into like the whole d- gay dating experience. Topped off with twenty, the the most personal, vulnerable song I've ever written about how I didn't think I was going to live past twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people really appreciate authenticity, and so I that that's the most feedback I've gotten is that they love the songwriting and they could definitely feel the genuine emotion from me and from my songs, and that is kind of the baseline of how I want to go moving forward. I'm not always going to write super <laughs> existential, super <laughs> sad songs, but I think coming from a place of authenticity is. Uh, is the the best thing that people have been giving me feedback on. Yeah, it, I really hear it too in how you're writing the songs. I, I always listen for the writing, especially mm-hmm. as do you hook us in in the beginning or in, are you telling us the story? And like, I feel like I know you from your music. So, <laughs> and we don't really have a lot of artists in our space that are writing more authentic mm-hmm. music in this way, the singer songwriter style from the you know gay male perspective. So it's cool to hear that. Um, what's also cool that I saw you opened for Dermot Kennedy mm-hmm. um, during his 2021 Better Days tour. What yeah. was this like for you? Because I've I've listened to his music. I like it. It's fun. It was probably the craziest 48 hours of my life. <laughs> Not mm, it's up there. So okay. what happened was he uh, and I don't know how much you follow him, but on his tours he likes to give back to local communities. Oh. So um, his whole shtick is like he didn't make it big until somebody gave him a shot. Cause he was just um, playing local restaurants. He was just playing on the streets, busking, uh, whatever. And it wasn't until somebody gave him a shot that he was able to blow up like he did. And so now that he's made it, made it, um, he has decided that he's going to give back. And so he posted on his Instagram, Hey, like I, these are the tour dates. These are mm-hmm. the cities I'm going to submit um, five of your songs and a video of you singing live or whatever. And so I submitted uh, an application, whatever, uh, sent in all my videos. Like I want to say maybe three to four weeks to a month in advance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had just moved to Warner Robins, Georgia, where I was stationed for my first duty station after I graduated. And I was just playing Xbox in a uh, in my hotel room. And like my boyfriend was in the other room, my boyfriend at the time. Um, and I had just like paused the game, just randomly checked my email, got an email from Dermot's tour manager. Hey, you're going to open tomorrow in Indianapolis. And I was like, wow, it's 5.30 p.m. And I'm about to... So I, I dropped a bunch of money to go fly to Indianapolis that night, got there. Luckily, like my, uh, my boyfriend at the time, he had a house in Indianapolis because that's where he's from. So oh. we got to just stay at his house. And then... Uh, Flew there, got in up super late at like 2 a.m., um, woke up, had breakfast, and I didn't even have a set list in mind. I hadn't prepared anything. Wow. So I spent the entire day 
preparing a set list and figuring all of that out um and then got to the to the uh i think it's called like the white river amphitheater i got there they just let me in they didn't ask my name or anything i was like hey i'm opening for dermot they're like okay so i was like okay so really anybody could have made a backstage at this point wow not nobody really said anything to me i got to the backstage (laughs) and it wasn't until i like i I legitimately was i was like 70 percent convinced that this was just a prank (laughs) <laughs> until i saw my name on the door and i was like okay, oh this is my real. gosh wow um and i was uh i was super nervous as soon as i found out but then as soon as i did my sound check it was awesome and i felt really great i got to meet uh um bishop briggs mm. um who i didn't know was bishop briggs at the time she's like hi i'm sarah and i'm like oh my gosh uh, you're the cutest thing and i watched her do her sound check and she started singing um like her uh, shut your mouth and rock me like a river like yeah, that song wow. and I was like and that's you're like, her wait oh wow. incredible I got to meet her I got to meet Dermot and it was just the the most exciting experience of my life and like that is always the moment that I point to mm-hmm. where I think um, if there was a deciding factor on when I knew that music was for me and that I was going to do it for the rest of my life it's that moment mm, that's such a cool story that, and how it happened and how fast you got there where you're like, yeah. you're, you're doing one thing and you're just playing games and like, what a turning point in your career there. Cause now you're like, wow, I did this and what's next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a huge whirlwind. And that was actually the first time I'd ever played one of the songs that I had written for a crowd mm. for anybody. When I performed, I'd, I had always done like covers in the past and that was the very first show I played original music at. Wow. And to hear them singing it back to me was just... Yeah, ah. oh my gosh, what a moment, of course. <laughs> I almost cried yeah. on stage. Oh, yes. Oh my God, I love it. I love those stories. Have, have you played any shows in New York City yet? I haven't. Mm. But I would We're love New York-based, so let us know when you're in New York. We'll come uh, on down. I would love to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? That's awesome. That'd be cool. Very, very cool. Um, so, question, next question for you. As a member of the LGBTQ plus community, uh, what do you feel is the hardest part of taking the leap to coming out, and how do you feel that is reflected in your music today? Um, I think, um, and I just watched the, I don't know if you guys watched Ted Lasso. Oh, no, but I should. I've heard good Damn, things. okay. So they had this episode <laughs> where one of the players on the soccer team, and I'm going to make this kind of analogous to my football coming out, mm-hmm. because that was originally how I came out. It was in a, a sports space rather than a music space. And so this episode had like took took you through Colin's journey of like all the anguish he went through. And obviously, you guys don't understand because you're obviously, you know, you're gay as well. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But he said something at the end of the episode when one of his teammates was upset with him for not telling him in the first place. It was, mm. I was 99% certain that you guys were going to be okay with it, but that 1% terrified me. Mm. And so I think that was the hardest part for me is I, in the back of my mind, knew that all my friends and family weren't going to, they were going to be okay with it and they weren't going to care. But like the, even just the tiniest possibility that they weren't going to be okay, terrified me enough to keeping it a secret for mm. 19 years or however, however long I did. Mm. Same. Uh, yeah. 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 And uh I had originally came out to my family when I was eighteen and like I think I think it was just my family and like two of my closest friends in high school that, that mm-hmm. knew before I went to the academy and then I'd slowly told people as I got close to them while I was at the academy. Um but I would say that is that is the biggest thing was uh you don't know how people are gonna react, especially in a sports space. Uh, where it tends to be very hyper masculine, especially in the football space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is 
honestly the reason why I came out because I didn't have a whole lot of role models and people to look up to while I was playing football. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to be able to, to fit in. And so I almost didn't go play football because I didn't think it was for me because I had wow. never seen somebody do it before. Wow. Do you feel like no matter what, you still wanted to play football, even in high school through the Air Force and whatnot? Or do you feel like it was just something you had to do? Um, a combination. I actually talked about that in therapy today. Uh, <laughs> okay. um, I, uh, I loved football. It was my favorite sport growing up for sure. Um, I was good at it and I, I think I used it as a ticket to get myself a free education. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't regret playing. Uh, I definitely did not enjoy it as much as I thought I would. It became a job and I got injured. It took a toll on my body. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I kind of pressured myself into, needing to play because I needed in my mind, I was like, I have this platform. I am in this position where I could help a lot of people. And so I think maybe I, I, uh, I did more for that purpose rather than I just want to play football at the mm -hmm. end of the day. So sure. Sure. And of course too, like, I, I feel like there's probably plenty of people out there that do actually love playing sports, especially in the gay community. <laughs> yeah, no, I play, right? I play gay flag football now. Like, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, I just yeah. got back from the Chicago tournament. <laughs> oh, nice. We That's see nice. it all the time, even in the city. We're like, oh, there's like a kickball and dodgeball, mm -hmm. softball, all of that, you know, sure. for fun. Um, but I'm always curious because sometimes like when we grow up in these households that are like, you need to play sports or you need to do this, you know, it's... Yep. You know, and also with music, can you be doing both? Because I feel like it sometimes, right, sometimes I feel like people look at you as soon as you're doing anything in the arts, but you also play sports like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my daily schedule, especially the academies, because you also have military obligations as well, is I would, mm. you know, I'd be up by... I don't know, five thirty, six a.m. every morning for morning formation. I go to breakfast. I'd have classes from seven to eleven thirty. We'd march to lunch, have lunch, maybe another military obligation for about an hour, and then I'd basically be down at football from like one o'clock to seven o'clock. Oh my gosh! We'd eat dinner down there, down there after practice. I'd get back up to my room seven thirty eight ish, and then I'd start homework. Oh my god, what a day! Yeah, and then if I didn't finish, if I didn't have any homework or I finished like before wow. eleven o'clock, I'd be out in the stairwell singing with Caleb. Well, yeah. Wow. He made it work no matter what, right? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, so another LGBTQ plus question for you here. Uh, Pride Month's over, over. You can't ask me that anymore. <laughs> no, we have to keep it going. Yes. It we has need. to continue after Pride. We're yes. not allowed to be gay anymore. <laughs> Only for those 30 days in June. Yeah, yeah. Next June. That's what we were always like, no, we have to keep it going, right? Yeah. We right, have to right. always it's have to keep it going. start of summer. Of course, you know? of course. <laughs> but how do you feel like the industry is rece receiving LGBTQ plus um, artists right now, especially with some like big names like Sam Smith or Kim Petras who are kind of mm -hmm. really getting welcomed. Do you think, you know, the industry's kind of taken too long to, you know, kind of make them the stars that they are? I would say so. Um, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of people tend to follow the, the trends of society. And so as it becomes more accepted then then they're like, Oh, it's okay to start promoting them now because yeah, you know, they don't and even they get some backlash sometimes, you exactly. know, like even winning a Grammy and Oh, this is satanic or this. And it's like, Oh, come on. Um, but yeah. do you feel like who are some of your actual big inspirations for your music? And you know, like what are some names? What are some big mm -hmm. songs that 
Um, I uh, my uh, my favorite artist is Chelsea Cutler, a bi queen. Um, okay. I think I need to look into that. She's New I... York based too. Oh, okay. We're gonna add her okay. to the list. I love her. <laughs> um, I actually got to see her for the first time in April. Oh, uh, April of last year in Colorado. Um, but she's one of my favorite. Zachary Knowles is one of my favorite. Like sonically wise, um, I think. As I've transitioned my music in the past few months, I think Jordy is one of the the biggest mm. people I look up to. As, okay. As far as get inspiration from, I always uh, I started calling myself Asian Jordy, <laughs> <laughs> nice. off brand Asian Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. No, that's actually funny you said Jordy because when I was listening um, to your EP, I was like, they could actually have like a duet together. Oh my god, oh, I would love that. Yeah, I think your great. voices would blend like mm. really well together. And I love Jordy's music. He's like a bop. A yeah Bob he's King. so hey. good one of my songs internet boy was uh <laughs> i was in a writing room with uh it was six of us um and at the top of the page when we were writing it's called internet boy the okay. the top of the page the little memo that we wrote was uh what would jordy do <laughs> that was what we were keeping in our in the back of our minds here's the question to jordy what would jordy do <laughs> what would jordy do exactly yes. um Love it. Love it. Um, <laughs> as a new artist, um, where do you see your career in five years? And do you want to embrace a more pop star lifestyle? Ooh. <laughs> um, that's a good question. So I am uh, obligated to the military for the next three years. Got it. Okay. Which uh, is, a, is a bit of a struggle sometimes when, mm-hmm. I, when, I, when I think I could take things to another level. But I have to kind of wait and put the brakes on until after that. So... My hope is that uh, I can continue to just grow an audience. Um, this next song that I'm about to release has been gaining a lot of traction. So I'm hoping that as I continue to release music and build a bigger portfolio for myself, uh, both music for myself and songs I've written for other people, that I could potentially get a uh, either a, uh, what's it called? Uh, pub deal like a publishing deal so i can mm-hmm. songwrite for people mm-hmm. um or work with sync to get my songs into shows or whatever to sustain a living and then once i can get that then i can actually you know pour more money and more resources into music and i mm. would absolutely love to live the pop star sure. lifestyle um i'm trying to convince myself that i need to start being delusional <laughs> Cause like my entire life I've just been like, or my entire career I've been like, I just, I will be happy doing music at whatever way, shape or form it presents itself. So long as I can sustain myself, mm. but I, uh, I'm trying to adopt the delusional mindset. Mm. It is a work in progress, but, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> do you, do you feel like you want to stay independent or would you love to be on a label? I don't speak in uh, absolutes, so I would be open to whatever I think is best for me at the time. And mm-hmm. obviously, you can only make the best call with all the information you have up front at the time. Right. Um, I don't think I would 100% say either way. I think I would love to be independent if I can. Yeah. But I do know that labels have resources and abilities that uh, extend a little bit farther than I can as an individual. So. Then you can do the big photo shoots and the music videos. Yeah, and, 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 and not have to use my little iPhone camera. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and to kind of piggyback on what something you said earlier, another question and follow up question was: um, Are you currently working on new music, or what's next that you're allowed to announce now? Oh, I am working on so much. Me- I, I I have a folder in my notes that's just all of my unreleased demos and and songs and stuff like that. In the past what is it july i moved here in february at the end of february 
I have written and had, let's see, 15 demos since I moved here in in February, and I love all pretty much all of them mm. more than any song that I have released thus far. Wow. So I am super excited to put all of them out. Um, it's just a matter of finishing up those demos, doing yeah. all of the promo, but literally I could stop making music for the rest of the year and I'd still have all my releases lined up for next year and wow. into 2025. Oh my gosh. You could be putting so... out a full album. I could, but I, I, I've been telling myself like, I'm not going to put on an album until I'm maybe signed to a label. Oh, I, I hear to you. push behind me and tour. Okay. Cause as an independent artist, you want to release singles because each single you release on a spot on Spotify, or whatever is just one opportunity you get to get place it playlisted and to get pushed. Whereas if you release an EP, you can only push one of those songs. Mm-hmm. When you Got them. So yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, are you a bigger fan of releasing singles or do you like the whole thing behind a concept of an album? I like the artistry behind an album and an EP, mm-hmm. but as far as marketing and as far as um, just playing the game, I like releasing singles more. Such a different day, right? Like 15 years ago, everyone would have been like, release singles, right? Yeah. Mm. You know, or 20 years ago. I don't know. Yeah. I'm dating myself now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Okay, we're getting close to the end here, but I we like to do a final question mm-hmm. on all of our podcast interview episodes, and it's a little bit more of a fun question. Oh. Um, <laughs> but what is a fun behind-the-scenes moment or memory from making the Starting Over EP that you want to share with the fans? Hmm. <laughs> I know, it's on the spot. So I wish I could give you a fun one. I'm gonna think. Hold on. You have but a fun one. A lot of <laughs> a lot of the 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 behind the scenes stuff is not that fun because it was a very sad EP. Oh, okay. Um, I think. <laughs> I know. I'm making you think. <laughs> think. I'm just going through song by song. Starting over with my friend Ryan, and it was on Zoom. Um, that was like pretty sad. Oh. <laughs> It's okay if there wasn't any funny moments for something sad, you know. Uh, there might be. I mean, my life is pretty much a comedy and a tragedy <laughs> combined. Funny, <laughs> funny recording moment. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I guess the, the. I think the thing that was probably the funniest was when I wrote uh, "Men on the Moon" with my friend Caleb. I was in. I had traveled to his house. He lives in. Uh, it's like middle california it's kind of in between sacramento or no it's in between it's like an hour and a half or two hours north of santa barbara sorry okay um we had started writing it i walked into his house i knew i was gonna write one of the songs off the ep and i saw a mandolin and i was like oh we're writing a mandolin song i didn't know how to write i didn't know how to play the mandolin but uh i knew i was gonna write a mandolin song and we had come up with like the song in like 15 minutes like the verse and pre and chorus and then we got stuck on what we we're going to do for the second verse and like the post chorus. And we argued about it for probably like, we had an idea in mind and I was like, Oh no, I don't like that. We argued about it for like eight hours, came back the next day, argued about it for like three hours. And then we ended up just using the same one that I had originally started with. Wow. Like <laughs> after, after like 24 hours of going back and forth and trying to come up with different ideas, I almost just scrapped the song <laughs> and then I ended up using the original idea. I was like, 
I like came back to it. It wasn't even like a, okay, let's use the original <laughs> idea. I had like come up with it like it was a new idea. And then I listened to our old voice memos. I'm like, this was the same idea that I had originally came up with. Oh my gosh. And that's on being a songwriter. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That one oh, was <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we have to wrap up our time. We're already out of time. I can't believe I could sit here hours and chat, you know? I know. Um, I, this is great. But um, we, that's all we have for t- time for today. But thank you all so much for listening. And I know Jeff has a final question. Yes. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Bradley today. Bradley, if our listeners would like to learn more about your work, where should they follow you? Um, Instagram, TikTok. I don't really use Twitter that much. Um, but my, my usernames are the same on all of them. Bradley K Kim. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm on Spotify, Apple music, um, any streaming platform, just look up Bradley Kim and stream it, stream it, stream it. Yes. Stream it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And to all our listeners, if you have any suggestions on future episodes, um, we'd love to hear from you. You can also connect with us on our Instagram and TikTok at half hour podcast. So thanks so much for joining us today, Bradley. We can't, thanks for having me. we can't yeah. wait to see where your career goes next. Yes, <laughs> for sure. This was really great. Yes. So getting ready to sign off. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie saying ta-ta for now. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.